بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Three of the parallels, three of the things that we can find in common. Of course, there are several, but three of them, three of the main ones, uh, three of the parallels that we can uh, draw when we look at the the example of the first messenger sent to mankind in Prophet Nuh alayhi salam to the la- to the last messenger in Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Three of the key elements that we find in common uh, between them is we find the Prophet saying وسلم, that the best statement that he has said and those who came before him and the Prophets who came before him, La ilaha illallah. So think of the value, the, the weight of La ilaha illallah, the effect that it has on a person's heart when they internalize La ilaha illallah in multiple ways, not just in one way in terms of saying it, but what does La ilaha illallah entail in terms of how I treat people? What does La ilaha illallah entail in terms of where someone spends their money? What does La ilaha illallah entail in terms of how a person goes about their affairs in this life? Ideally, it's supposed to affect the heart and permeate it and transform everything for the better in terms of our intentions should be for, for Allah primarily. The way that we go about what we do during the day and during the night should be pointing towards Allah Azza wa Jal primarily. So we have this consistency between the first messenger and the last of La ilaha illallah. So this is one point. Another point, that of gratitude. Allah says in Surah Al Isra regarding Prophet Nuh alayhi salam, Innahu kana abidan shakura. Imagine he's calling his people for centuries, for how many decades upon decades upon decades, and very few people, very few people actually believed in him and supported him. But he remained grateful. He remained grateful throughout the entire process. There were definitely the challenges. There were major challenges. And we read, we read about several of them in the Quran that he faced directly Prophet Nuh alayhi salam. Allah says that he was consistently grateful. So there were the challenges and the trials and the tribulations, but there was still the consistency of gratitude. And look at the example of our beloved Prophet and this is towards the, the, the latter portion of his life, when he's still praying at night consistently, he's still praying lengthy qiyam, on a consistent basis, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and and I think we're all familiar with with the story when when his beloved wife said, Aisha radiallahu anha, our mother asks him, like you're 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 still doing this, and you're you have nothing to worry about. You're forgiven regarding your past, regarding your future. Your your slate is permanently clean with Allah, and his response was, Should I not be a grateful servant? So we have this consistency from the first messenger sent to mankind to the last. And then the, the third one that I want to touch upon is that of istighfar, that of seeking forgiveness. You find in Surah Nuh, this concept of forgiveness comes up over and over and over. It's not that lengthy of a surah, but you find this theme, this concept coming up from the beginning of the surah to the middle of the surah to the end, most famously in towards the, the, the general middle of the surah when he's He's telling Allah, you look at the surah, you look at this part of the surah, he's complaining to Allah that I called my people day and night. I called them publicly and privately. I tried every way that I possibly could within my capacity to get through to them. Ya Allah, I did everything that I could, but they would cover themselves in their garments and they would stick their fingers in their ears and they would do this and they would that. 
And then within this context, we also find him saying, and I told them, and I said to, to turn to Allah and to ask Allah for forgiveness. He's, there's no question he's the most forgiving. They were in a very, for, for, for you could say the, the, the misguided ones among them, the, the, those who were you know, going in, in the wrong direction, to say the least, they were committing the worst theological error, which is to associate partners with Allah, to turn away from la ilaha illallah. Even then, look at his message of hope to them, telling them, just turn to Allah and ask Allah for forgiveness and he'll forgive you. So he's, he's giving them this message of hope. There's no doubt there were the consequences as well. Warn your people. So there was that element of warning, but that was second to the primary notion of hope and forgiveness and the good news. First you have the good news and then you have the bad news in case you want to turn away from the good news. You have this theme in the Qur'an whenever these two are mentioned, the, 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 the glad tidings are mentioned first and then the warning is mentioned second. The first option is always hope and mercy and forgiveness. And then if a person wants to consistently turn away, okay, then they should know that there are consequences and, and limitations as well. So he's telling his people to turn to Allah, to ask Allah for forgiveness. He's the most forgiving. And he'll, he'll provide you with abundant rain. He'll, he'll help you financially. He'll help you within your families. He'll give you gardens. He'll give you rivers. He'll do so many things for you. Just turn to him and ask him for forgiveness. So we find the first messenger really focusing on this, this concept of forgiveness. Just turning to Allah for forgiveness, not just once or twice, but ideally time and time and time again on a consistent basis. If someone is going in the wrong direction, then tawbah is needed. Even if someone's going in the right direction, tawbah is still needed. We can't take it for granted. We can't just assume that everything is going to be okay because maybe yesterday we did a couple of good deeds. May Allah accept those. But فَاسْتَقِيمُوا إِلَيْهِ وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا To remain constant and consistent, to have istiqamah, to try to continuously and consistently go down the right path. When we look at the final messenger, وسلم, he advised us, he taught us that whoever whoever is adamant in their istighfar, whoever is consistent in their istighfar, then Allah will give them ways out of their difficulties, relief from their hardships, and will provide for them from places that they would not expect. And the Prophet embodied this concept of istighfar himself. right? And we know this, that the Prophet, he mentioned والسلام, that he himself, والسلام, his slate is clean with Allah, but he's still making istighfar on a daily basis, dozens of times a day, over 70 times a day, 100 times a day, emphasizing the importance of doing so ideally, consistently. And what, what happens, interestingly enough, is the closer a person gets to Allah, then the more they make istighfar. The you would think it's probably the other way. The, the further someone is, then you know they should, should make more istighfar because they start with something small, they start with the acorn, but then they continuously water it and, and they sow their seeds. And then eventually over time, the acorn grows into an oak tree, but that takes time and effort and especially consistency. We ask Allah to help us to, to try our best to be from among the grateful, to be from among the penitent, those who make istighfar consistently. And we ask Allah to make us people of la ilaha illallah in this life and the next. We ask Allah to forgive our mistakes. We ask Allah to fill our hearts with gratitude. We thank Allah for all of His blessings, those that we recognize and those that we don't. And we ask Allah to gather all of us and our loved ones in paradise. Amin. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillah.